This is the Fan Fanatic Podcast. I'm Parker Gerlecki, a.k.a. the Fan Fanatic, and with me as always is my broadcast partner, Dad, a.k.a. Ryan Gerlecki. I've got a passion for all things sports. So, on the Fan and Fanatic Podcast, we'll talk to anyone and everyone from all over the world of sports who will sit still long enough to answer my questions. That's right. Now, as a result of complications from severe brain damage at birth, unfortunately, Parker will never be able to physically play sports. But that cannot and has never stopped him from loving everything about sports and dreaming of a career in broadcasting. So each of our guests graciously gives of their time on this podcast to invest in Parker's dream and to help him be part of the sports world he loves so dearly. Now, let's play ball! Welcome back, Fanatic Addicts. I would like to introduce you to Mr. Brad Hodge. Okay, Mr. Hodge, here are some personal questions for you. Where did you go to high school? I went to Russellville High School in Russellville, Alabama. Where did you go to college? I played basketball at University of Alabama, Huntsville. Go Chargers. Uh, Yes, sir. Go Chargers. Who I believe they played an exhibition game against Auburn last season, if I'm not mistaken. They did. And they got their butts handed to them by Auburn. Well, they should have. Auburn's pretty good. (laughs) There's a big difference in that gap. Uh, But I think it's a beautiful thing they do now is allowing those exhibition games uh, to play. You know, smaller colleges get to play a larger uh, organization like that. What sports did you play? Primarily basketball. Um, I did a little bit of baseball. Wasn't good enough. Did a little football in my middle school age. Just I was too young, too skinny, uh, and I knew the last year I played football, uh, I was lined up to a eventual D1 offensive lineman every day, and uh, I ran away from it. I would screw <laughs> the plays up, but I ran away from getting tackled. Uh, so I knew that sport wasn't for me. So what, do you, what did you do after college? Uh, it's a great question. It may be too long a story. I've tried to figure myself out. Um, I played four years. Uh, was lost in the my academic pursuit. I knew as a child, um, I always wanted to be a teacher. I could visualize myself being a teacher. Uh, but my high school told high school coach told me that I'd never make any money coaching. So it scared me. And so I kind of meandered around. And I actually worked Auburn's basketball camp two years after I – the following summer after I finished playing. And um, I knew that was it. I fell in love. Uh, it was a it was a blessing from above. The whole story, how that developed, but uh, I knew that was it, and I, I was laser locked from that point on. Um, and got lucky, a lot of opportunities. I volunteered a little bit, and and worked with some great coaches and great people that helped just let me grow and mature under their leadership. So, uh, what? Wait, where do you live now? I'm in Birmingham, Alabama. I've been here since 2005. That was my last college coaching job. Um, got hired on at Birmingham Southern at that time. Um, stayed till 2013. Um, when I arrived, we were a Division One program. What conference? They, oh, go we ahead. We were in the Big South story. Conference. The we big, and then big, you. Go ahead. Big South. Go, no, we you go. Big, you you finish. I interrupted. I'm sorry. Yeah, we were in the Big South when I arrived. Uh, the college at that time, the athletic program, prior to was an NAIA program, very successful. And they expanded to go to Division One, 
when they were NAI, we were kind of on par with Belmont. Um, and then Belmont made a leap a little bit sooner. And so Birmingham Southern followed the footsteps. And then my, at the end of my first year, the administration and board voted to go to a Division three program. Uh, it, at that time, only had not been done in 25 years. So we stayed on Division one, one more one more year in Big South. And then we transitioned to Division three. And uh, for those years, we were, you know, we're playing in the conference, but none of the games counted against the conference standing and we could not play postseason. What is your favorite thing about coaching? Ooh, that's a, that's a multi, multi-faceted question. I, the player, I, I, I'm in education still. I'm a high school counselor now. I got out of coaching. Um, I got out of college coaching after 2013. I had gone through a divorce. Had uh, My children were very young, and uh, my daughter was six. Said, Dad, I wish you get a job where you're home more. So mm-hmm. that was it for me. I got out and went into counseling, and I've been in counseling for several years. But I've always enjoyed working with younger people. Um, enjoyed working with, with kids, youth groups. Um, and I still kind of feel that connection in the coaching realm as a counselor um, today. But the, what I enjoyed the most was, as far as coaching itself, the player development, teaching, developing skills, and seeing a player go from to a certain level and helping them accelerate, whether it takes one, two, three, four years, accelerate to be a better player. Um, kind of like the games when we won. You know, winning makes things a lot, tastes a lot better. I slept a lot better when we won. Um, but, you know, it, then the anxieties of uh, we got to get turn around and get ready for the next game and, and the pressures of that, I uh, didn't say it was always the most enjoyable. Uh, but the practice and development, and I heard John Wood say it, wouldn't say it years ago. He's like, uh, he missed practice more than anything else. And I, I completely agree with that, uh, being out of coaching now. Hmm. Out of all your experiences, what was the greatest moment or memory? Mm. As a coach? Uh, out of all. You like your out entire career. Your entire career. Um, well, there's not just one, unfortunately. There's there's just so many great memories. I, I, I tell different stories in that realm. Is uh, learning <clears throat> from other coaches. Um, obviously, winning championships was good. Very, we were successful a couple of years. Uh, we had a team to play. Uh, was the nationally ranked and got to play the NJC national tournament. Got to the final eight. I uh, had another team get to the, you know, the first round, Sweet 16. Um, that particular team that went to Elite Eight, we were extremely good. Um, but we were not a, a top four, final four team. The top four in the nation at that time was very good. But that team today, um, the final record was 31 and four. Uh, won 22 straight. Um, the, we spent the, probably the whole month of February. I, I, our starters didn't play the second half. And it's the most successful team in the history of, of that program, uh, win-loss-wise, uh, advancement into the national tournament. So, And that was the easiest coaching I've ever done. Uh, honestly, I, we had so much talent, and they um, they just kind of led themselves. So I had to refer to that because that was, that was very enjoyable because we won a lot. But just to see that team take over, and, and we knew two years in advance the potential it had, but Gosh, Parker, that's a tough question because there's so many other great memories. It's the comeback victories, 
seen the team come back down 20 at various times and that thrill of victory at the end. Um, but more importantly now, what I've gotten to see is just recently I had one of my former players graduate. She's a dentist. Uh, I've got a couple of those that have their doctor to see them go on in their professional lives, um, become, you know, parents, uh, spouses to come become uh, professionals themselves to see that. And, and a couple of them are coaching. Um, a couple of them are college coaches. Uh, in fact, one of one player did not coach. She uh, took over at a high school when I left college coaching. She's the former player, just finished and was going off to play college, but she helped me that summer. She just became a head coach at University of Montevallo this week. Uh, just to wow. see those things and, and to have a little bit of an imprint there is, uh, is probably the greatest joy as well. Did you say the N- the NJCAA is in the National Junior College Athletic Association? That is correct. Yeah. Uh, the men's national tournament is hosted in Hutchinson, Kansas. It's been there probably since the balls were bouncing. Uh, the women's national tournament is rotated. When we played, it was in Salina, Kansas. Um, I think they played in Lubbock, Texas now. But L- for me, Lubbock? It's, it's, go ahead. What did you say? I, I What city is in it Texas? Lubbock? Is in Lubbock, Texas, or Texas Tech. Texas. Home uh, of the Red Raiders. Yes, sir. Um, and question. I know that like in like a majority of exhibition games can like like pits like a D a D one school against like D two and D three schools. Are schools from the NAIA, NJCAA, and other college athletic associations in that mix, or is it just or is it just the NCAA division? NAI schools. Three? NAI schools can be in that mix um, as far as exhibition. Now, you can have private scrimmages, and I've heard where some NJAs, NJCAA schools will do private scrimmages with Division One programs. Uh, because the truth be told, there are some private – I'm sorry. There are some NJCAA schools, Panhandle, Florida, Texas, some in Kansas, that are just as good as Division One programs. Yeah. Who has inspired? Oh. I was going to say, when I saw you know the the work in community college in Mississippi, I was immediately thinking of East Mississippi Community College in Scuba, Mississippi, with mm-hmm. Last Chance U and the uh, Netflix yep. documentary. And you see those players, and they're, they put together teams that could compete. And these are kids yeah. coming from D1 programs that are just needing uh, you know, another shot to get back. So I could, I could totally see that. I also want to say, Parker, before you get to the next question, I just really appreciate your story, Brad. You know, it... it, it I'm an educator myself. I teach at Georgia State University. Okay. And I used to be a lawyer and worked 24-7 and had Parker, you know, this, uh, this miracle and was never home. I had to make yeah. a, a decision and, you know, chose a life in educa- education that would give me a little bit more flexibility. But it's been the the student development and then seeing, you know, years later, students come back and talk about their success and, you know, what they've been able to achieve. So it's, uh, it, it's awesome to sit and, and hear well, that uh, at another well, level. Kudos to you yeah. for making that decision. You know, a lot of people say, was it, I mean, for me, was that hard? I was like, no, nah, that, yeah. that, was, that was for me. There are others that would argue that. And, uh, you know, there's, there was a couple of missed opportunities. I don't say missed opportunities. There's times where I turned down some opportunities to take mm-hmm. that next step right as I was transitioning out that parlayed later to potential lucrative, uh, nationally recognized opportunities, but I don't regret that one bit. Yeah. Uh, so oh, again, good. kudos to you. What do you teach there at Georgia State? Yeah, so uh, I'm in the business school. Uh, okay. I 
taught originally mostly business law, uh, but now teach risk management and insurance. So okay. in Greenberg School of Risk Science in the Robinson College of Business. So plug wow. for them. <laughs> well, must respect. Well, thank you. No, I appreciate you and your journey as well. Parker, go ahead. I apologize. I who had to say it, oh, though. Who has inspired you in your career, Mr. Hodge, sir? Oh, there's, man, we're, we're going to run out of time. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. My time is your time, sir. Uh, that's a, there's so many. I mean, from my family, um, some of my mentors I worked for, each one of them along the way, I learned a little bit. Uh, if I had a do-over, and I had this conversation with my uh, our our basketball coach here at, at the school I work at, if I do-over, I would like to be an assist- I would have been an assistant longer and learn from other coaches. To you know, I probably wasn't as good of an offensive mind. I was more defensive minded, and, and one of the coaches allowed me to just take over the defense. But I, I, that that opportunity to learn more there, but so many of them. I want to. I want to answer. You can't question fairly, but uh, I mean, I studied. I studied Dean Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was a huge North Carolina fan. I can remember as a little kid watching the NCAA tournament when Michael Jordan hit the shot uh, to win it as Georgetown, a Georgetown, right? Against okay. Georgetown, uh, I watched that because uh, earlier in that NCAA tournament. Alabama played North Carolina in the Sweet 16 and beat them. So I was like, well, let me follow this North Carolina team. Wait, hold on. Wait, I'm, I'm confused. So sure. Alabama beat North Carolina in the Sweet 16. No, but they yet, played. No, North Carolina yet, beat Alabama. Wait, because you, hold on. You, because you said North Alabama beat North Carolina. I did. Sorry. I apologize. Yeah. I, those okay. are, <laughs> those that, are that my may, bad words. I wanted them to beat them. Because I was pulling <laughs> for him. Right. Yeah. He's um, trying to qu- manifest it, Parker. Yeah. Question. Uh, so you said, so uh, what do you do? So what do you do now? Because you I'm said a, that. Y- yeah. Wait, I'm you a high said school that counselor. You're... I'm a high school counselor mm-hmm. here in, in Birmingham. Uh, I'm at what, Carver school? High School. Oh, Carver. Um, Carver High School. We're, we're the Rams, the mighty Rams. Um, but I've uh, been the senior counselor here the last three years, which is fun because I helped them transition into that college opportunity. Or career path, or you know, just make sure we get completed because you know the impacts of COVID. Some were um, caught up into you know their their credits needed, so we were able to help them get that so they could transition to to um, to whatever their career path wants to be. But Mark, I don't think I I want to give fair note to your question previously. <clears throat> so two of my mentors, one that, that I worked for particularly was uh, uh, Harold Merle. He passed away. Uh, but he could take a team and and make it into something so competitive. And people would ask me, "What what special drills did y'all do? What we didn't do drills. We practiced, and you didn't screw up because Coach Murray was going to get on your butt. Bobby Knight was his mentor. Uh, he idolized Bobby Knight, and so uh, Coach Murray was one of the best I've ever been. I'm so blessed to have worked for him. I'm also blessed because I worked for him at the end of his career, where he was a little bit uh, not as tough. Uh, I won't say not as tough because he was still tough. Uh, but I learned so much from Coach Merle uh, in that regards. And, and, and other coaches I worked for, Mike Vining was at, um, as a, it's now Louisiana Monroe. Mike Vining is the all-time winningest coach 
in Southland Conference history, uh, all-time women's coach in um, North, it was then Northeast Louisiana University, but it's now University of Louisiana Monroe. Uh, I think he has seven NCAA tournaments on his belt and been very, very successful. He just didn't he, – he wanted to win that one tournament game uh, well before it became a, a commonality. He was always that 14, 15 seed that would scare a team, just couldn't get over the hump. But those two – Mike Viney gave me a chance when nobody would. Coach Merle gave me a chance when nobody would. And uh, I'm forever grateful for what they, what they did for me. Is it different coaching men as opposed to coaching women? <laughs> well, it's still the same, same game. Um, the ball is a different size. The shot clock is different. Now the college game is different in that regards because they do, they do the quarters. Uh, on the women's side, yep. uh, it's it's, and I think I, they actually came up with a good thing where uh, late in the game, I don't know the sequence, but they, the coach can call a timeout and they can get it to half court like the NBA does. Um, right. So it's still the same game. Yes, there are differences though. Uh, you can't deny there are gender differences in the regards of uh, of, of team unity. Uh, I had a coach tell me this years ago. Um, Alan LaForce was the head coach at Coastal Carolina University when I was in the Big South with him. And he said, Brad, I'm going to teach you a lesson. Winning makes men happy. Happy women win. If you can figure out that method, um, it, it'll, it'll go a long way. I don't think I did a very good job at times because, you know, it, uh, just <laughs> the, the dynamics, the, the, the yarn, the ball of yarn and women are, are tied differently than us men. Um, and that's that's a good thing. Uh, they can stay a little tighter in that regard. Did you say, oh shoot? <laughs> that's good. I, I'm sorry. Finish it. Wait, no. did, did you wait? Did no, you say Alan LaForce? Question. Did you say Alan LaForce? Alan LaForce. He's Alan not there. La- in, not Ali oh. LaForce. No, hold on. Go ahead. You finish. You finish, and then I'll ask my question about the about yeah. Alan LaForce. You you yeah, he's not you there finish anymore. talking. Yeah, he's he's not there anymore. But he gave me that that difference there. Um, so I, 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 that's probably the dynamics of the differences, but still the same game and winners want to win. So if you got good team, competitive winners, they'll, they'll do whatever they got to do to win. Um, so I, you know, I, I don't want to ever sound like it's disrespectful to the women's game because they want, there's plenty of winners that want to win there. And, and I don't want to belittle their Daggum good players in the in the women's game. The women's game's come so far um, yeah. in the last twenty, well, really in the last ten years, for that matter. But um, it's just knowing your team personnel, and I think that's just as important on the men's side uh, as as it is the women's side. But uh, but you know, it, it's just it's about it's, at the end of the day, it's about relationships and how you treat people, how you love up on them, and how you're going to help them in all avenues of either. Uh, academic, athletic, or personal success. Um. So the reason why I'm asking, because you said Alan LaForce is Alan is Alan LaForce related to to uh, broadcaster Ali LaForce, or or they that I don't know. Or is it just coincidental that they have the same that they share the same surname? I'm gonna roll it that it's just coincidental because she's an attractive lady. There's no way she could be the offspring of Alan. <laughs> and I'm saying that. I'm hoping he hears that. 
That's awesome. Um. So I have you. you you've obviously heard all the nil stuff, right? How like now? Do in do do is it is it different for is are D are D two and D three athletes getting profit like making profit off of their nil just like D one or is it or is or is it not really because no one gives a rip about D two or D three? And I'm not saying no. I'm not trying to say that no one gives a rip. I'm just saying that what I'm no. what I meant. I I didn't mean gives a rip in a content in the content. To, the context of no one cares i meant get doesn't give a rip as a like meaning like it's not as big as right one a, a, it's not as big as a d1 yeah. school yeah it just doesn't draw the media attention it doesn't draw the other attentions in that direction it does in those communities hmm. uh, I, i'll give an example um you you look at florence alabama university of north alabama in that community university of north alabama is a big well, now they're actually d1, d1. go um, lions there you go. They, so it is big in those communities. Now, they may not reach the financial rewards that some of the elaborate uh, uh, NIL deals are, um, but they're still getting probably free dinners because mm-hmm. they're it's the social media following that comes with that. Um, in fact, I've got a good friend of mine I work with now. Um, he is best friends with um, with uh, uh, Lord Jim. I, I've just lost his last name, but he is part of that process with um, influencer with the NIL deal, and he has a, he has so much content um, and information to share on that. It's it's incredible, uh, and he just happened to be ahead of the curve before the NIL deal was passed when they developed the influencer um, platform. Uh, but he he you know only X amount of numbers of percentage in the in, in the top tier are going to get that big dollar figure. But the others are still getting benefits. And a D3 athlete can gain, particularly in some of your track and field sports, your your uh, swimming, individualized gymnastics, perhaps. Uh, it's, if they've got a good social media following, they're, you know, the, they're going to follow the money. Whoever's got a way to tackle onto that influence that that individual has, they're going to they're going to find a way to springboard onto that influencer ability from that athlete. Um, but the glamorization comes at the division one level for sure. What do you think makes a successful college athlete? Mm, past class. You got to stay eligible. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Get me uh, a college athlete. If you're not a student first. Right. You got to <laughs> remain eligible. Um, great question. And I don't, I think that's um, the, the key is getting into the right program. Mm. You could be a great athlete and it not fit the program where you're at. It may not fit the coaching philosophy uh, or you know, whatever the coaches is doing. Coach may want to do with that team. And and when I was a junior college coach, uh, it was a joy to be a junior college coach because our players were being recruited and we recruited them. So there's a a jointed effort there, and we were kind of bridging that gap. But when our players were being recruited, I always felt like there were four important components number one go where it's paid for if you can get a scholarship paid for go for that two go where you got a chance to play for a championship if you can't you know you you can go be at the uh, a lower level d1 program and not play for a championship but you can say i'm a d1 athlete there are a lot of d2 programs that are going to blow the doors off of some d1 programs at that level um so if you got a chance to play for a championship because that's what it's about when you want if you want as an athlete you want to know that you had a chance and if you could win multiples, 
Um, so that was the second part. The third was go where you can have a relationship with the coach. And I'm not meaning a, 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 any type of romantic or anything, more of an interpersonal. You know that when, when your career is over with, you're going to be able to stay in touch with that, that individual. And then you can go to that person because college is tough for an athlete or any person for that matter. But, uh, so, but you can go to your coach, shut the door and just spill your, spill whatever's on you in your can. You got to talk about it. And, um, you know, I felt like so many times when I was a college coach, I was more of a counselor than I was a coach. Um, so the third would be the relationship. And the final one is go where they're going to give you a chance, where you got a chance to have an opportunity after college with a job. If you're going to go play, continue your career. They're going to help get you connected to the right uh, place. So to answer that, where a person can be successful is in those four areas when they start. Um, but consistent, you know, consistency is better than intensity. You know, some players will come in and work hard one day, then they just want to take a day off. They did too much the night before, whatever it may be. Being consistent, being reliable, and then, you know, just being that person that, that uh, you can see that consistency, that growth and development. And when your number's called and being ready, um, you know, there's so many examples of that where you just, you know, I can't think of you offhand, but when it was time, that person was ready to go to perform. Can we circle back to the WNBA for a second? We sure can. I've act, I'm actually dying to go to a WNBA game. I've never been to one before. You have not? They got the dream right there. Right. Oh there. yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm hoping that I that I'll get to go someday. Well, I, I have a former he wasn't a player for me, but when I was coaching at Birmingham Southern, uh he's assistant for the for the Los Angeles team now. Um, the Sparks? No, I'm not sorry, Las Vegas. Apologize. Oh, Las, the Aces. The Aces. The Aces. He is assistant, and uh, to watch his journey has been incredible. Um, uh, he, he played there with us, and then he just worked as a developmental guy. And then, before you know it, he's a developmental guy for the Toronto Raptors when they won the NBA championship. Then he gets this opportunity and, and with the Aces, and they've won a championship. So he's got two professional championship rings. Um, under his belt, and I don't know his age now, but he's still a young, young man. So what is number one on your bucket list of sporting events to attend that you haven't oh, attended yet? Now, now we're talking stuff here. <laughs> yeah, I've got my bucket list is so long, Parker. Um, but my number one is a Stanley Cup Game 7. Wow. I think uh, that's the I, first hockey reference we've heard for bucket list. That's pretty cool, yeah. I love hockey. The college I played at, UH, had a hockey program. And um, I got to hang out and, with those guys and get to learn the game and study it. I, I love a good hockey game. So um, uh, go ahead, finish your story, my friend. You no, I, I got to see it game six. I didn't get to see it live. Nashville, the pre- – um, uh, Lord, the Nashville team. I was thinking Predators. Na- the Predators? But, yeah. yeah. They played the Red Wings uh, several years ago. And game six was in Nashville, and the Red Wings won it that day. Uh, but I was on the street outside the building watching on the big screen. Uh, but, yeah, that would be my number one. But a game in the Forum, they don't play there anymore, but the old Western mm-hmm. Forum back yeah. when I was a huge Lakers fan. Um, but, man, I got so many. Uh, my list is probably about 200 deep. And it's not all <laughs> sports-related, but it's heavily influenced sports-related. 
Which, which Parker, one day when you get JW, you need to let him tell you about my massive square garden story. Uh, <laughs> so you, I, I, so you said you're. Oh, go ahead, finish your story. You, you finished talking. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I did a massive square garden trip that just on a whim, as big the old Big East tournament. Um, and they didn't believe I was there. And by the end of the night, I was sitting courtside. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Mr. Hodge, who, who is your, First so all, I'm going to ask- interrupt you. Yes, sir. I'm, it's Brad. You just call me Brad. <laughs> there, Hello, I, so, no, uh, Mr. Was my dad. If you want to do that, but it's Brad, please. <laughs> um, Brad. Uh, so you said you wanted to attend a game six and you said you like, uh, I game mean, game seven. seven. So, uh, are you, I assume you're a Preds fan the way you're, you you talked about your game I was, six? I mean, I'm a hockey fan. I'm a sports so, fan. Let me rephrase it. I am a sports fan, but that's game seven is the, is the epitome of, of, of that, of that world. Uh, hockey the, world. De la games, St- the Stanley cup, the trophies, you know, it's there. Somebody will be getting it that night. And, mm-hmm. um, to see that, uh, it's, it's remarkable. So you alluded to you, you like before we went on the air, you you pointed out that yes, I am wearing a Mississippi State T-shirt. So I'll yeah, hand it over that. to my I'll I'll hand it over to my co-host to explain why I that wasn't is. there. I hey, wasn't there. Listen, pal. No, 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 no. Explain to this man why I'm wearing. So so no. Like, so anywho, my actually I'll tell it. My grandfather has a friend who was the like from high school, who was the athletic trainer at the high school and then was the athletic trainer at MSU for a while. And like I said, I'm like my mom's whole side of the family are Auburn fans. And I was gracious enough to get to go to the Auburn Mississippi State game la- last November. And I'm and let me tell you, that was one heck of a game. And so uh, and we actually like, you know, you know who Paul Feinbaum is? I do. Yes. He had a he had a journalist from Mississippi State on his show by the name of Tanner Marler. So we reached out and. Like my grandfather reached out and yeah, we connected. Then I got I got to go visit the journalism school and be a part of their news broadcast. Oh, Take wow. thirty news is what and so this is from the the um call the school of economic development. Okay. Yeah, the university loaded him up with swag. So but anyway, oh. the story though, the better part of the story though, Parker, is it not that shirt, but we're talking to Brad because we met his uncle, JW, JW, who's been on the podcast at Tybee Island because he what? was wearing a Bama shirt and you were wearing a Mississippi State shirt and you walked up to him and said, Roll Tide. And he was like, I got to talk to this guy wearing a Mississippi State shirt who would dare to say Roll Tide. And that's sort of how it all got started. And so that's why the Mississippi State shirt is sort of, there's a connection there. That's the connective tissue. But this was you, you learned, uh, I mean, next to abr- abracadabra, those are the two <laughs> best words in, in, that we know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 uh, what is your favorite stadium or arena that you've vi- that you've Ooh. traveled to? Oh, that's another long one. Um, you can have several if you, if if it's like a tie for me, first. You can- let me reel them off, and I, maybe I'll nail the favorite one. And um, and I'll and I'll tell you who plays there for the listeners. Okay. If, if that's if if that's like relevant to the conversation, it is. It's very relevant. Anywho, uh, Madison Square Garden, Nixon Rangers. Okay, um, the Swamp, Ugh. the University of Florida Gators football team. Horrible. It's the worst my place son, to be a visitor. 
<laughs> my my son for some reason became a Gator fan years ago. Uh, I'm trying but, to convince my dad. I like I don't know. I'll if never my, go if, back. It ain't happening. <laughs> because apparently someone was lobbing project. Someone was lobbing projectiles at his face. This wouldn't be the first time bombs, the story's been told on this podcast. Which were not bombs, by the way. They were batteries. <laughs> Bat- and, yes, I was 11 years old and throwing oh, batteries what? at me. Oh, shut your. Oh, sorry, sorry. I, <laughs> Go on, the swamp, the swamp. It is an impressive place. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It's one of the most, it's one of the loudest places. The acoustics are just wild because yeah. they just go straight up. Yeah. And then they were also one of those teams where they'll put the visiting team in in, in like splotches. In the they don't put yeah. them together. They put them all over the place. So like you can't make any noise. And all you hear is noise. So Yeah, it's um. I took my son there several years ago for the Auburn game. It was an ESPN mm. game. Or Ooh, 2000, oh, game day was there. Never mind. Yeah. Never that wrong game. I was yeah. thinking 2019, but that was a CBS televised game. It, it you know, some Parker, it might have been that game because ESPN did game day there, but it was a 2:30 afternoon game. Um, question: Were the fan, were the Gator fans welcoming to you, or yes. were they? Or yes, so they, yeah. so like, so like they weren't all in your face. <laughs> they, they were actually no. very humble. Well, like I said, it's my son's a Gator Gator fan. Yeah, there you go. So how, did you, how, how did they Gator take time? How do they take kindly to you not being a Gator fan? Well, they like, tell <laughs> you, yeah, you know, he's wearing the right colors. That's the problem. You don't right walk into Gainesville wearing garnet and gold. I didn't wear my Bama stuff. Well, I was wearing <laughs> Texas A&M shirt in Tuscaloosa, and I didn't get any crap from Bama fans. Because it's the same color. <laughs> oh, for goodness sakes. Just uh, so. Now, last year, JW and I went to the Bama LSU game. And that's another one of my stadiums. It was on my list. Mm. And uh, to watch a game there at night, those two teams, overtime game, incredible. Now, Florida might have been the loudest, uh, with exception of that night, had it concluded the way it did. But during the day, that, that game at Florida, was, I, I don't, I could barely hear myself talking. Um, and I know the, the, the players on the field struggled with that. Which, Parker, remind me to tell you a story on that one. Um, the LSU game was was another one of those events. But there, Parker, I did wear my Alabama stuff with JW, and and um, the fans were awesome. There were a few knuckleheads here and there just hollering gator, uh, tiger bait. But other than that, fans were awesome, yeah. greeting us, welcoming me in. I loved it. Yeah, there, there, were, there were some – yeah. So, some of the Bama fans didn't take kindly to me wearing a Texas A&M T-shirt, <laughs> but I didn't think of it that way. I thought of it – oh. I thought of it like this. Oh, they're just being—they're just being fans, you know. Yeah. Not every fan. What I what? Not every fan isn't. Not every fan isn't obnoxious, you know. But no. you have to. But listen to you, Father. You gotta learn how to take obnoxious fans with a grain of salt. You can't just say, "Oh, they're well, obnoxious." I am one, so I'm ne- so. Oh, for goodness! <laughs> oh, just, just, just cut, just cut it out, man. T- oh. I would have been with the Bama fans. You wearing a Texas A and M shirt? I'm not real. I'm not real fond of oh, Jimbo for cr- Oh, for crying out loud! <laughs> Anyhow, let's get back to your very comprehensive list of stadiums, my so- friend. Let me tell you a story on stadium. My first year coach in Louisiana, we played Purdue University at Purdue. Where was that game? Oh, at so Purdue. that was, yeah, yeah so uh, in um, Lafayette. Yeah. Right? Lafayette, La- La- um, what's it? What's the, in Lafayette? Indiana. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, You know the name of the arena? Um, the, are, are we talking football or basketball? Basketball. Basketball. I don't exactly. I I don't know. Okay, I think no. it's Mackey Arena. Oh, um, um producer. That sounds right. Producer, can you look it up? 
All I right. So I'm bringing in my producer. No, I got so it. We, we're playing there, Parker, and they start to blow us out into the second half, and they they go on a run. Who's we? we Who's they being Purdue? Oh, and one? then who are who are y'all? No, I mean who was Purdue playing against? I was uh, I was I was assistant at Northeast Louisiana University, and which, which is now ULM, right? Correct. Oh. And so they called it. We called a timeout. Coach Vine and called a timeout. Can we you get see that? a little little thirty second timeout. Can you see that Mackey Arena? The Mackey Mac- Complex. Mackey Arena. Mackey. Parker, it's, it's it's West Lafayette. That's a Uh-oh. big distinction. West Lafayette. Lafayette. No, that's a big distinction to those boilermakers. So what? I forgot. So for so what? I forgot a cardinal direction. Big whoop. Uh, okay, go go right. ahead, Mister Hodge. I'm sorry. So we um we had the timeout, getting the huddle, like thirty second timeout, and I'm from, you know, I'm arms length from the head coach, and I could not hear him. The band was so loud, the crowd was so loud, and it's it's a dome. So mm-hmm. it just echoes. And I, I could not hear a single word he was saying. I know the players couldn't. I just turned around, got out of the huddle, and I just watched the crowd. I was just wow. amazed at what what you know, I was in front of. Like, this is what it's like at this level. Wow. Pardon, any other story? Any other? Sorry. So, so, okay, question. So any other lists, like any other Arenas? stadiums on your – yeah, any other stadiums or arenas on your comprehensive list, or um, does that hit the nail on the head? I get, uh, Fog Allen Fieldhouse. I actually got to coach there twice. Uh, we played Wait, Fog Allen University, wh- or Kansas wh- University. Wh- where'd you? Where'd mm. you? So you co- you got to coach there twice for what school? When I was at Birmingham Southern, my first year, we uh, was we were still Division One, and we we played in a tournament there. Um, with well, actually, it was not a tournament; it wanted to be in a the Kansas took over the tournament because that's when Hurricane Katrina hit and New Orleans was the host at that time and they had to move it. So we played Kansas first day and then the second day the Kansas men team played. So we got to watch that game. And then the third day was uh, us playing University of New Orleans. So uh, just the history of that. University of New Orleans. uh, Is that like still a thing? It is. Producer, will you look up the mascot for me? They should be the privateers. Ooh. Oh, I think you're right. I, I'm not sure. Here, I'll, I'll do it. Dad, you do it. I got it. You keep asking questions. Okay. So any other stories you think our listeners would like to know? Oh, uh, no. I mean, we could probably talk all day and just one, another one will pop in my head. But those are some of the ones that I, you know, I, I'm very, uh, you know, I've been a part of, been able to see. And there's still like, like there's a list of about 200 uh, to go. <laughs> Parker, New Orleans is the uh, privateers. That is correct. So wait, you said less than 200 to go, like 200 arenas? Stadiums, arenas. Uh, I want to see Yankees. I want to see, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I've been to Yankees, both Yankee stadiums, old and new. And then uh-huh. um, I want to see a Red Sox game in Fenway. My I've dad, my dad went to a Red. That. Yeah, dad, dad. Did they do sweet? They, yeah. My, I'm, I'm planning to like to visit some stadiums myself. The ones I'm currently focused on right now are the new Texas Rangers ballpark, SoFi okay. Stadium, and the new stadium in Vegas, the new, the new, the the, the yeah. Vegas Raiders Stadium. Wait, he's is not that, looking is, for history. He's looking for amenities. No, <laughs> I, no. Okay, so on this podcast, we are all sports fanatics. So the last question we ask as a fan: What do you think is the all-time greatest moment in sports? 
all-time greatest moment. Man, whew. I'm going to go back to the USA Hockey winning the, the gold. Mi- the Miracle on Ice. I actually met, I actually, do you, do you remember, like, I actually, so funny story about me is I actually got to interview two of the players from the team, Mike Ruzioni and Jack O'Callaghan. I'll, I'll turn it over to my partner to explain that. Have you posted those? uh, Yeah, they're they're actually on YouTube. Uh, So this is way, this is way before the podcast. Parker in 2015 was Ace Hardware's uh, Ace All-Star, which is their uh, national spokesperson to raise money for Children's Miracle Network. So and three years as a later of that 2018, they invited him to come out and do some sports broadcasting for their golf shootout and team. It's like teams based on all the major sports and team hockey was Michael Ruzioni and Jack O'Callaghan. He got to, wow. to meet both those guys, talk to him. And then my favorite story, which he's probably going to yell at me about this one. <sighs> we're sitting at the pool. Like, so this is just, it, just life with Parker. So we're in Hawaii at a, at this pool, right? At this resort. I'm sitting next to Mark Bulger, right? NFL quarterback, yeah. Mark Bulger. Some yeah. lady confuses me for him. So I'm like, that's about as good as it gets for me. Uh, <laughs> and then I look over and Jack O'Callaghan is swimming up near to where Parker is. And Parker just grabs his head and kisses him right on the top of his head. And I'm like, Parker just kissed Jack O'Callaghan <laughs> on the top of the head. I'm like, what is going on? Is that, is that, is that like, was that, Never mind. I don't want to get into that. But you yeah. know what I'm... He loved it. It was great. He's Wait, got a okay. really cool St. Patrick's Day Patrick Kane jersey uh, that oh, came wow. from Jack O'Callaghan. Yeah, but I've never been to a big league game before, and I and I'm hopefully NHL going to. Game. Yes, I've been to a hockey game, but never a big league game. Oh man, I can't wait to hear that story when you go. All right, fanatics. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Fan and Fanatic. Thank you for joining us, and thank you for all of your support. Don't forget to follow or subscribe, or whatever your podcast app says to do. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. For my broadcast partner, Ryan Grilecki, this is Parker Grilecki saying, Game, Set, Match!